I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. el Real Madrid recula, recula. ¡Qué golazo de Samu Chukwese! ¡Gol! ¡Gol Villarreal! ¡Para desmonterarse el mejor futbolista del partido! ¡Lo estábamos diciendo! ¡Al Real Madrid se le notaba! Welcome along to the La Liga Lodem podcast. That was the sound of Cadena Ser commentating on Samu Chukwese's winner for Villarreal against Real Madrid. And of course, we happen to have Tom Harris on with us this weekend. My name is Rudy Bardo, I should have said that at the top. But uh, I'm very happy, Tom, after watching the Yellow Submarine score a famous victory over Real Madrid at the Santiago Bernabeu. How are you doing, Tom? Really good, thank you, Rory. Really excited about today's episode, just because obviously there was Real Madrid Villarreal, but there was also Valladolid and Mallorca. That was a crazy, crazy game. Had lots of drama with Sevilla, Betis as well, just... Really, really good weekend of action and yeah, lots and lots to get through. Yeah, we'll start at the Bernabeu. We've got plenty to come, as you say. We're going to get into the relegation battle uh, in the second half of the show. But uh, but yeah, nowhere else to start than with uh, Samuel Chukwete and his brace. He was involved in all three goals. Villarreal took the lead. Uh, Villarreal sort of went down, sorry, initially after Pau Delray's own goal. Chukwete got them back into the match and then uh, Villarreal went down again. And then they got back into it again through Morales. And as the game was kind of coming to an end, Chukwete pulls out a brilliant, brilliant winner, cuts inside into the top corner. I mean, firstly, just on Chukwete himself, he seems to be taking a step forward, but he was absolutely unplayable on Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, even before he scored that second goal, which was out of this world, I, I was thinking this is one of the best Samuel Chukwete performances I've ever seen in a Villarreal shirt. And... To, to then go and cap it off with a winner at Santiago Bernabeu all by himself, absolutely won the game on his own. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Um, I think it was 10 successful dribbles. He was involved in 11 ground duels as well. That he came came out on top. Just a really, really good performance. And yeah, like you said, in his last seven games, I believe that's now five goals, three assists. He won a penalty as well against Real Sociedad last week. And, and yeah, it's, it's not just any old games. It's games against Real Sociedad, games against Real Madrid that Villarreal historically, you know, tend to you know lose ground on the top four in. They've secured two really, really important wins in the last two weeks to make sure that they're they're really pushing Real Sociedad in fourth. And yeah, both of those wins really down to Samuel Chukwueze just unlocking the game on his own. 
Yeah, since Kike Setien came in, he's been the, the big positive for Setien and the thing he can point to and be like, well, I'm clearly doing something right because he's got, I think he's on to 24 goals and assists for the season now. Just six of those came under Unai Emery and we know, I think even though he's perhaps a little short on resources this season, Emery was sitting Chukwete for, for the majority of his time as the Villarreal manager. He wasn't a starter. Um, Setien's come in, had that impact. Is it just kind of decision making and, and kind of taking the right decisions and that kind of calmness in front of goal? Or, or is, have you seen anything different from Chukwete since Setien came in? Yeah, I mean, I think the style of play probably, you know, suits Chukwete a bit more in that space is made for him. And, you know, you know we know that Setien loves to, to build up slowly and to drag teams from one side to another. And a lot of the time when Chukwete receives a ball, it's from a switch or it's from a, a kind of diagonal pass where he receives the ball in space. He's been isolated and he's allowed to attack his fullback. And we saw that quite often at Real Madrid. I mean, obviously, we've got to remember Real Madrid. It's a difficult place to go and Villarreal aren't expected to have a lot of the ball. So Chukwese was playing a lot on the transition and that really does suit his game. But yeah, he's receiving the ball a lot more in these positions where he is allowed to go and attack. And we saw that against, against Real Madrid yesterday where... The amount of times he was getting the ball and just driving Villarreal up the pitch and he was kind of 1v1 against Nacho. And yeah, for that first goal, he, he was more central. But it's just that kind of explosive ability to, to get away from a defender and to beat a man one-on-one. -on -one. It's 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 really Chukweze's main skill. And he's he's been finding himself in situations like that goal yesterday and like the penalty that he won at Real Sociedad where he can just tear through players and, and just really focus on just utilising that skill. And so... Yeah, obviously, you know, we were talking last month that, you know, Villarreal were in crisis. They just lost four in a row. They've now won five of their last six, I believe. So it's a very changeable atmosphere at Villarreal. It always has been and it always will be. But at the moment, yeah, you just got to enjoy how well they're playing and how well someone should is doing. Yeah, very much so. That's them, as you say, kind of four points off La Real. They're up to fifth place in La Liga after that victory. And Across those kind of three games against Real Madrid, they had the Copa defeat, which was 3-2. They beat them 2-1 in La Liga um, at El Madrigal, or La Ceramica, as it, as it is. Um, and the Bernabeu as well now, a 3-2 victory. I think it's, what, 7-6-8-7 across those. And yeah, we've really seen the best of Villarreal. Do you think that they'll... I mean, you could obviously kind of keep a closer eye on Villarreal than probably most people. Do you have confidence and faith in Setien and Villarreal now to be more consistent or, or you still got your doubts? Uh, yeah, yes and no, I'd say. Because as I said, <laughs> go, it's so quick to change yeah, in Villarreal. And, you know, looking at the table, Real Sociedad do still have that four-point advantage. And, and for me, you know, a bit more of a general point, but Real Sociedad, I think, are better at grinding out results when they're not necessarily at their best. I mean, they didn't play badly this weekend, but their win over Getafe that we might get onto a bit later on was... You know, it's a game that Villarreal might have struggled in, but Real Sociedad just kept on going, kept on going, churned out a 2-0. And, you know, we saw, especially last season, a lot of 1-0s for Real Sociedad, a lot of 2-0s. Yeah, that, the fact that they've got that four-point gap makes me think that they're in a good position to to kind of stay ahead of Villarreal. But, you know, if they carry on as they are at the moment, Kike Setien's side, there's absolutely no reason they can't push the top four. But they'll be happy with the Europa League spot, I think. And a very tough fixture list coming up for La Real as well, it should be said. Moving on to Real Madrid, and obviously this isn't a game that they needed to win. They, they made some rotations. Benzema was off after the hour mark. I, I don't think we can read too much into it, but it's a bit of a kind of a come back to earth after the Camp Nou victory. 
again, I think um, as much as Ancelotti has, has definitely won a lot of favour, his critics will have been pointing at it and being like, we're now 15 points behind Barcelona in the league. If they, if Barcelona do kind of do their duty, they play Girona on Monday night. Uh, so keep across that with La Liga Loden on the Twitter page. Any any real thoughts from this, and how do you see them kind of going into the the Champions League against Chelsea? Yeah, it's it's I mean a bit like Bayern Munich where they they lost to Freiburg on uh, in midweek and just before that Champions League game against Man City. Don't need those doubts kind of creeping in, and you know Real Madrid, how well they played at, uh, at you know to win that that Copa del Rey game against Barcelona, and now to concede three at home. Even though it was Villarreal, they're a good team. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of a ball actually against Villarreal. They didn't quite get going. Vinicius Junior was electric as he always is, and you know he's the kind of you know player along with Benzema, obviously who who can tear apart Chelsea if he turns up. But yeah, like you said, not going to read too much into it. But it's it's a bit of an unwelcome head scratcher, I think, just just a couple of days before such a big game. Yeah, no, I was listening to to Carrera said, and they were saying that as much as this result kind of stops the momentum and so on. It's more disappointing from the point of view of the substitutes, the likes of Lucas Vasquez, the likes of Chouamini, um, who could perhaps have, have kind of laid down a bit of a claim to to a spot or at least to come on a bit earlier against Chelsea. They they really did not do so. Moving on to Real Betis, who are, who are one of the toughest fixtures that Real Sociedad have to face coming up. They went down 2-0 to carry at home, a really damaging defeat for Manuel Pellegrini's side. Sergio Canales sent off for the second time this season against Gareth. He got his ban suspended by the Court of Arbitration for Sport um, in order to play this game, then gets sent off after a half-hour mark. It was a bit of a controversial one, last man challenge, but Canales, to be fair, didn't really argue the decision. He came out and apologised after the match. Um, and, and then I tell Rui Bar gets sent off. Cardiff 1-2-0. Um, it was Ruben Alcaraz from the penalty spot and Christopher Ramos from in the second half as well. Big emotional moment for him. Massive victory for Cardiff, but first just touch on Betty because, yeah, this was really, really damaging in my, in my view. It really kind of set the cat amongst the pigeons for them. Yeah, absolute implosion. And, you know, as we'll get onto Sevilla in a minute, it, both Andalusian, both Sevillan sides absolutely exploded really in their games and, and just lost a plot. And, and Betis in particular, in that kind of spell where, you know, they, um, where Chris Ramos broke and, you know, I don't know how they managed to break and, and get that much space. You know, there were two players, two Cadiz players bearing down on, on the Real Betis goalkeeper from a, from a Betis attack. It was it was a bit of a ridiculous moment where Betis should not be allowing their opponents that much space in the counter, but they did. And then a minute later, Rui Bal swinging his, swinging his fist and getting sent off and they're down to nine men. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good for Betis, not a good sign at all. And yeah, quite ironic that, like you say, Canales was allowed to play this game because the ban was upheld. Real Betis held a, a minute silence in, in the 10th minute to uh, to protest the refereeing decisions of late. And then they end up with nine men by the end of the game. Not not a good day at the office for them at all. Yeah, and could well have been down to, to eight as well. Miranda probably got away with a bit of a yellow card at the end. Espanyol next, then Osasuna away. Real Sociedad, Barcelona and Athletic Club away in the next five games. It is kind of a tough run coming up for Betis and, and going into that kind of race as well. They've now fallen further behind La Real. 
it, it, it's looking tough for them. Just a, a quick note on Cardiff, though, because they're four points clear of the relegation zone now. Really big victory for them. And Sergio, this second half of the season, they've got Ruben Alcaraz back from injury. A couple of reinforcements. They're looking really good, aren't they, Tom? Yeah, fair play to Cadiz because, you know, that they've not got the greatest squad with all due respect. Um, you know, they didn't strengthen too much in the summer transfer window and we were a bit worried about that. But yeah, and, and Al Caraz in that midfield is is an absolutely brilliant player. Escalante, he wasn't available for this game, but he is also an excellent ball with a midfielder. And they've just got a really solid kind of spine. Few teams can really, you know, grind out results the way Cadiz can. And yeah, I was worried for them at the start of the season, but, you know, with some of the players they brought in in, in the winter and Bongonda as well, a really, really bright wing player. Yeah, really, really happy for them. And, you know, they're still down there as, as everybody in the bottom half seems to be. But I think they're one of the safer of the, of the in-danger teams, I'd say. Definitely. And moving on to the other side from Sevilla or from Seville. 2-2 at home to Celta Vigo. This looked like it was going really well for Mendelibar. And the series scores again. You've got a brilliant goal from Marcus Acuna. Then in those final minutes, and this was all having done so with 10 men, Papagay sent off. Celta Vigo get back in the match. I think it was, was it Maxi Rodriguez, was it the youngster that came in. And then Paciencia with the last kind of gasp header. Brilliant from Celta to come back. But yeah, this was uh, one of those games that you'd be tearing your hair out if you're a Sevilla fan. Yeah, definitely, because I, I thought Sevilla actually looked quite good con considering they had 10 men for, you know, Papagé was sent off in the 18th minute, so that's 70 minutes playing down to 10 men against the Celta side who are in good form. Celta didn't look like scoring. Um, they had 78% of the ball in the second half and, you know, they scored those two late goals. But apart from that, I think Sevilla kept them out really well. I think you can definitely see Mendilibar what he's all about. He's about intensity, he's about, you know, pressing high. And Brian Hill, for example, you know, those two work together in Abar, and you can see that he is going to be a favourite again in Sevilla because he was, you know, he's not as refined as somebody like Vinicius or Chukwese, but he's just relentless. He'll keep going and he'll keep going and going and going. And even if it's not coming off for him, he'll drive and drag Sevilla up the pitch. So I think we're going to see a lot of, you know, determined play from Sevilla. It might not be the prettiest, but I think they're in a better position now with Mendelibar at the helm than perhaps they were with Sampaoli in order to kind of grind out the results they need. But yeah, it was a bit of a needless one because it just prolongs that kind of, you know, they're in the relegation dogfight. A, a win here would have been massive to, to give them a, a bit of breathing space, but just, they just can't seem to get out of it, can they? Yeah, it would have taken them seven points clear of the drop zone and maybe not fully out of it, but certainly with a, with a good gap, as you say. They did put out a statement after the game complaining about the referees. Uh, we mentioned Betty's complaints there. They complained about Papagay's two yellow cards, which, as you say, came came very early on in that game. Said that one in uh, every four, three fouls was a, a yellow card for a Sevilla player. They were making the case that they think they've been harshly treated um, quite consistently and that this wasn't just, a, just kind of a, a coincidence almost, um, which... I don't think it's going to lead to anywhere, really. Um, it's it's just, yeah. I, I I mean, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Tom, or, or anything you want to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's difficult because, you know, we were talking before we started that, you know, a lot of these red cards this weekend, there were six red cards in La Liga and, and one in the rest of the top four leagues combined. So, but most of the red cards were probably red cards. So it's a bit difficult, you know, <laughs> Sevilla are talking about all these fouls, which, you know, they're only allowed three fouls per card. But 
I don't think you can really talk so numerically about fouls because they're all different. You know, you could have somebody going in for a two two studs up challenge, and and that's not the same as a tuck on the shirt. So it, it it's quite difficult to, you know, judge it all numerically as Sevilla have done. But you know, it, it is you know it's undeniable that La Liga has a red card problem because that's now 114, I believe, which is more than the Bundesliga, Serie A, and the Premier League combined. It's incredible and. One of the things that Sevilla did mention in their statement, which I found quite interesting, was not being able to speak to the referees and how referees were quick to, you know, dive into the pockets whenever somebody talked back to them. I think that is a problem. I mean, we've seen a lot of yellow cards for dissent. I think, for example, this weekend, Espanol Athletic Club, uh, Vidal was sent off in the 91st minute, two quick fire yellow cards, one for the foul and one for complaining. Don't think that kind of decision is needed to, to send players off straight away, you know, when they're complaining for a foul, but yeah, other than that, it's a bit of a difficult problem and I don't think, you know, strongly worded statements are, are really the way to go. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think on the one hand, yeah, I agree with that and I really don't like seeing players sent off unless it is kind of a grave incident or a grave foul. Same with kind of dissent. I think sometimes the it's just very inconsistent as well with the way that referees, different referees, how they manage that. But then on the other hand, you would say that football probably does have a bit of a dissent problem and the way to do that is to admonish them and then the players will learn not to talk back to the referees but so far they aren't and then yeah how you balance that and setting a standard yeah it's difficult but the thing you always say with referees is that you just want consistency that's that's one thing if it's always the same that's absolutely fine um but moving on to Real Sociedad who as we say got that 2-0 win over Hatafe. Mikel Oyarzabal missed a penalty, but then did get on the score sheet, and then Takapusa Kubo wrapped it up for La Real. Just important win here, no drama ahead of again. They've got a difficult run, as I was saying. Yeah, I mean, good performance, but they they weren't really pushed by Hitafe at all. Quite passive again from 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 the the club from Madrid. I think it was two point one five xG to zero point three two, so quite comprehensive for for Real Sociedad. Yeah, I mean, David Silva as well. What more can you say about him? His, his, he was unbelievable. The, the pass to set up the first goal for Oyarzabal was brilliant. And yeah, as we said, not much to say here, I don't think, other than Real Sociedad needed that win. They got it and, and they keep ticking over. And as we were saying before, four points ahead of Villarreal. That's exactly what they need to do. They're going to hold off for their Champions League place. And it'll be the first time they finished in the top four in, in 10, 10 years. So it would be a great achievement if they could hold on to it. Yep, Athletic away coming up, then Rayo, Betis away, Osasuna away, Real Madrid, Girona, Barcelona. It does look tough, so this was a, a big win that they needed to get. Getafe remained three points above the drop zone, above Valencia, who we're going to come on to in the second half of the show. We're going to take a quick break just now, but, but yeah, we'll be delving deep into the relegation zone and the relegation battle in the second half of the show. Don't go anywhere, and then, of course... Atleti fans, don't think we've forgotten about you because you are the best team in La Liga right now. Um, anyone else can come at me if they want to want to find me on Twitter and, and tweet angrily at me because it wouldn't be the first time. But wrapping up the first part of the show, we'll be back in just a second. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the second half of the show. It's the La Liga Loren Show and we're talking about the relegation battle. Valencia are stuck in 18th. They lost to Almeria in what was a big relegation clash. It was the uh, typical six-pointer. Valencia, they, they looked good for the first half. They were the better side for, for much of it. And then right at the start of the second half, Nico Gonzalez goes down injured. Justin Kluivert has gone down injured as well in the first half. And, and Almeria get themselves ahead. It's Gonzalo Malero who breaks the deadlock. Babic heads in seconds later almost. And they get one back through through Castillejo, who bundles one in kind of a deflected strike. But this is this away record for Valencia is, is terrible. They've got eight points in the set in 2023, I think it is. I think it's the worst in La Liga. Tom, if, if Valencia are going to stay up, they're going to rely on their home record. But can they do it without improving their away form? Yeah, it's interesting you ask that question because the team who won this game is Almeria, who have the worst away form in the division. <laughs> now with another win at the Power Horse, that's now 26 points at home and four points away for Almeria, which is just unbelievable. So, you know, Almeria aren't safe themselves, but I guess it can be done if you can make your home a fortress because Almeria are the fifth best team in the league at home. Valencia, not quite that good at home, but a lot better than they are away and they do need to pick up and you know, we've been talking about the run-ins a lot, but look at these next four games for Valencia. You know, so they've got Sevilla at home, which is massive. Elche away, which probably a bit harder than most people give it credit for. We've seen Elche put in some okay performances recently. Valladolid at home and Cadiz away. So that's four games against four teams in the bottom kind of six or seven. Absolutely massive. If they come away with anything less than six points from those four games, then, then you really are starting to worry for them. Yeah, it does look as if they just don't quite have that same bite and, and same yeah fire in them away from home, and it's a problem for Baraja. 
Um, Al Maria, big win here. Uh, Ruby looks as if he was almost on the brink when he got that late, late equaliser against Cadiz just before the international break. But four points from the last two games against a relegation rival, direct rival, Celta, um, away from home. That's a pretty good point to pick up as well. Moving in the right direction, do we think? Or is this kind of just the Al Maria of the entire season, really? Good at home and uh, slightly dodgy away. <laughs> Yeah, more inclined to agree with the second uh, analysis there. I mean, Almeria a good side. I mean, I was actually watching this game and thinking, you know, when you when you see pictures of Luis Suarez pick up the ball and Gonzalo Melero and you know Adrian Barban, you're thinking how how are this team kind of struggling because they're, they're good players and Luis Suarez was you know playing for Marseille not long ago and, and looking quite good for them. Um, yeah, they're a good they're a good team. I, th- I think Melero's opener was excellent. It was probably one of the goals of the weekend for me in terms of the the move that they put together. Um, but yeah, I, I think they have to rely on that home form and you know the way they're going. I think they will just about be all right because I do think there are worse teams around them. But yeah, bit a bit difficult to really analyze Almeria properly because they're just so up and down. And yeah, one week they look fantastic in front of their own fans, and the next week they just look dreadful. Yeah, very much so. Malero, I've got a bit of a soft spot for. I think he's by far the kind of most talented or most creative, perhaps, outlet um, that they have. He's really, really good player to watch. And Sam Acosta is an absolute warrior in midfield as well. He, I feel like he belongs in football about 20 years ago and in all the right ways. Um, I'll say that. Moving on to another of the relegation sort of rivals, and it's it's Espanyol who are stuck in the relegation zone with Valencia. They went down two one at home to Athletic Club in their first game under Luis Garcia. There wasn't too much change that I saw. To be perfectly honest, it has to be said that they went down to Iñaki Williams, who took took his first chance really well, and then proceeded to miss two more Iñaki Williams chances um, before Nico Williams crashed home a brilliant goal. Um, to kind of seal it for them and it was very much cathartic after he, he received that abuse in midweek, had to close his social media accounts. I think that was very um, heartwarming. I think everyone was pretty pleased to see that. But um, yeah, you can take this whichever way you want, Tom. You can go Athletic Club, getting back on the right track, or you can go Espanyol, continuing down the wrong one. I'll go Espanyol, I think, because I was quite struck by how you know a home game against a team who obviously played in midweek and had their own problems recently it wasn't the most active performance uh Joselu, you know he's he hasn't scored for a while in front of his own fans which might be a bit of a worry because when Joselu doesn't score espanol don't tend to score many they are now bottom of, of the league i believe um they've got a bit of a tough run coming up with um with betis away the next game Villarreal away coming up to barcelona and atletico madrid still to play yeah slightly disappointed by them and you know you were saying with the manager we've had quite a few managerial changes not just in spain but in england as well where it doesn't look like there's too much time for the new man to change much of what's happened and really reverse fortunes and this seems to be another one of those where Obviously, Diego Martinez was, was slightly disappointing. The project that he, you know, promised didn't quite take off. But how much time is there for, for Luis Garcia to come in and, and really revolutionise his squad and, and and get them playing better football than would have been played under Diego Martinez? I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced, to be honest. Yeah, and we kind of talked about our doubts about Luis Garcia and how how much of a risk it was in midweek, but... But yeah, this game, the one thing you kind of want is kind of renewed effort and kind of a bit more aggression, a bit more uh, gara to, to go all Uruguayan on it. 
and and there was very little of that to be honest uh, athletic were were very much the better side and continued to create chances and sometimes finish them um and and yeah worrying time same for espanol Madrid, on the other hand they still didn't get off their kind of uh, run after under Paolo Pezzolano. They drew Frio with Mallorca. Berat Morici with a last minute penalty to, to save the day for Mallorca. Badly good in stretches, but this is just one win in eight now. They're still winless in four. Mallorca at home, they're kind of a side that are very put away from home as well. This is one of the games that they will have crossed in a big kind of red marks and say, we need to win this game, but ultimately did not get the job done, did they, Tom? Yeah, very similar to what I was just saying. I mean, I, I'm I'm quite disappointed that they sacked Pacheta. I think he's one of the better managers in 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 the bottom half of La Liga. And you know, you saw the way they played when they were at home. They were always seemed to be up for it. And I don't think that managerial change really needed to be made. It was made anyway. And again, not much of a difference. You know, from the naked eye, we couldn't see anything radically different to Vidalid, but. They they thought and you know but they scored three goals and you know a few brilliant goals as well like Kiki Perez opener was was a thumping volley really really nice finish but yeah again disappointing I think they're going to be one of the sides you know it's, it's impossible to predict who's going to go down but a, along with Espanyol, Valencia maybe maybe Hitafe I'm I'm looking at Valladolid as a team who are just lacking that kind of fight and that kind of ability to grind out results like other teams because. Yeah, this is the kind of game, you know, you'd want to be winning by three goals to two and to, to concede that last minute penalty is really, really unfortunate and pretty gutting for them. Yeah, to go ahead twice in the scoreline as well against a Mallorca side that's not blessed with loads of goals either. It is certainly disappointing. Point away from home from Mallorca, who continue their, their journey towards safety. Uh, moving on to Osasuna, again, I think you said... Um, uh, Espanol were bottom of the league apart from Elche of course which is the Freudian slip because it, it almost seems like they're they're already in Segunda in certain stretches apologies to the Elche fans out there they went down 2-1 to Osasuna they took the lead um, at the very least at El Sadar but then as Abde was the hero he, he scored the, the equaliser and then again similar to, to Nico Williams similar to Chukwete came up with a brilliant brilliant goal to win this match for Osasuna didn't he? Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of been the weekend for the, you know, lack of end product wingers to really show <laughs> that they, they can do it. And, you know, Abde is absolutely fantastic at, you know, causing havoc and dribbling and running past players and taking them on and just, yeah, causing chaos. But he's not always been known for his his uh, end product. But yeah, I think he's scored five or four of Osasuna's last five goals. Um, you know, he's he played really well in the cup to fire them through to a final and yeah, that second goal to win it, it, it kind of felt like he said, you know, I've had enough. I'm, I'm going to have to do this myself if, if nobody else is. And he really stepped up. And that that second goal to curl it in from the edge of a box was was really, really good. It was a really like relentless performance, I thought, from update. But I just want to talk about Elche because there are some talented players in that group, but they can just can't hold out. They, they just, every single time they go ahead and look good, they collapse. And, you know, I'm looking at, Gerard Gumbau, I think, is a really good player. I think uh, mid-table La Liga side could could really, you know, go after him after after Elche relegated. You got Lucas Boyer, linked with Atletico Madrid, I believe. You know, so some really talented players in there. But yeah, I think uh, Beka Thicke, the new manager, brought in with Segunda in mind, maybe you know, and you know, perhaps there might be a bit of a Vincent Company kind of style rebuild 
well uh, down in in Segunda next season. You know, he's got lots of links in Argentina and Chile. Maybe we'll see some some of his players come in and and take Segunda by storm. Could be interesting to watch just as a side point. But yeah, you know, we've been said it a lot on this podcast. But Elche, after this result, are definitely definitely down. Yeah, no, it 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 was at least a very entertaining weekend, and it's nice that we can dedicate it to those kind of tricky wingers and uh, fun dribblers of, of the ball. Uh, Fun weekend in general, 31 goals across the, the nine games that we've had so far. As I was saying, Barcelona Girona on Monday night. The final game on Sunday was Atleti at Rio. They won 2-1. Mario Hermoso got on the on the score sheet and, and Rio pulled one back through Fran Garcia, but ultimately wasn't enough. They also had uh, Lejeune sent off, should be said. Atleti just march onwards, don't they? I think they, they're a bit dodgy in the last half hour, but overall, Simeone can't be too too disappointed. Yeah, complacent in the last half an hour. They made it a lot more difficult than it needed to be. They were 2-0 up and cruising and they let Rayo back into the game for a bit of a nervy finish. But yeah, really, really good. That counter-attacking goal from Noel Molino was absolutely brilliant. Like one, one of the best counter-attacks I think I've seen in quite a long time. And yeah, they just look absolutely fantastic. And obviously they closed the gap on Real Madrid this weekend as well. If, if we're looking at the table, they're only two points behind them now. And that would be a big achievement, I think, if they could finish above Real Madrid and just, you know, kind of win that Madrid rivalry in, in the league. But yeah, Antoine Griezmann, once again, absolutely sensational. It's just such a joy to watch him play and he just looks so dynamic and threatening and like he can just unlock a defence with, you know, the, the push of a button. And yeah, Llorente as well playing well. Just, I think Griezmann, um, Simeone, sorry, has really got Atletico Madrid focused again and I think they could go on a bit of a run until the end of the season, really. I don't see what's stopping them because they've got no other distractions from other competitions. Yeah, very much so. Uh, an excellent performance from Atleti and I believe it's Almeria up next for them. So they will back themselves to put the pressure on Real Madrid again. Yeah, that wraps us up for for the weekend and we've got uh, Barcelona and Girona to come on Monday night. So make sure you're across that on the Twitter. But uh, but yeah, thank you very much for your time, Tom. Do you have a, a moment of the week? Quite a lot this weekend. I mean, I think it has to be Chupuese's <laughs> winning goal at Real Madrid. That was just unbelievable. Leapt out my chair for that one. Just really, really good goal and really pleasing to see a player like Chupuese really step up and you know in a place like Santiago Bernabeu to win the game by himself really really good to see yes and uh his first goal as well is fantastic he uh sends natural for a pie with his work to be perfectly honest um but yes we will play out not on that because we played in on that but instead we're going to go for Kike Setien who imitated Carlo Ancelotti's midweek speech to the Real Madrid dressing room where he said he'd give them a day off and uh Setien came on the radio afterwards and said, uh, yeah, they'd been on at me all week and uh, eventually they were all looking at me in the dressing room and I just had to give in to the pressure. So eventually Villarreal got their Easter Sunday off. So uh, so yeah, congratulations to Villarreal and and uh, all of their players for for peer pressuring Kike Setien into giving them a day off. That's the, that's the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you follow us at La Liga Lowdown on Twitter. Go and find us at llonline.substack.com um, to, to be across all of our written content. And we shall be back in midweek after Real Madrid to take on Chelsea.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.